Welcome to Secondhand Sellers, where we discuss thrifting, reselling, and all things secondhand. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clayton. This week we're going to discuss to niche or not to niche. That, Clayton, is the question. A very good question, especially when it comes to selling on eBay or any other platform for that matter. So, how about you? What do you think? All right. Niche or not? So, generally speaking, when you're talking about selling or if you're a YouTuber talking about YouTube, the buzzword is niche. Mm -hmm. It's all about the niche. And to a certain extent, I do agree. I think people who have a specific niche, who really dig into that niche, they know it in and out, um, do tend to do well. Yeah, because you have that expertise that knowledge mm -hmm. and so you're able to speak with authority or sell with authority mm -hmm. an item i think it also can mean that you can sort of find things you mm -hmm. know what to look for when you are really deep into a specific area mm -hmm. um, things that other people would just walk by not have any any clue about but i'm kind of in the middle so our ebay site and our etsy um, which we're still working on developing. We sell mostly on eBay currently. Um, Keeled Overstock. We kind of started with the idea of selling mostly like vintage, antique collectibles, that kind of thing. We've talked about this on here. Um, and I would say that most of our things are in that realm, mm -hmm. sort of vintage items. Uh, and vintage is a little loose as a term. So antique has a more distinct like time frame yeah. involved. I think it's 100 years. Uh, or more as antique. Vintage depends on who you're talking to. Right. Because some people, they look at the 90s and they call that vintage now. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, we do sometimes have things from that er, like late vintage period, 90s, 80s, mm -hmm. which would be more like just collect nostalgic collectibles, probably. Um, I don't always label them as vintage, but we do tend to be in the sort of collectible realm. Mm -hmm. Um but there's a decent amount of our products, too, that we sell because we either think they're interesting mm -hmm. or because I just think that they would sell and we could, you know, we're still building our business. So the income portion of it is definitely a factor. Yeah. Um, and there's some things that, too, that are not maybe technically what you would think of as a collectible or a vintage or an antique thing but that, in my opinion, is neat. Um, this particularly goes for decor items that I think are just interesting and that maybe a person of a certain aesthetic taste might like mm -hmm. um, that I'll sell even if it's not in the sort of vintage or antique realm. So, um, for instance, we have a few, like a 90, late 90s, um, I think it would be considered cottagecore, and that's how we're selling it as cottagecore, it's a sort of desk set. So it's bookends and um, a memo holder and a pencil cup that are all decorative. They're like resin. It's late 90s. It's not really vintage, but aesthetically it has a specific style to it. And I thought it was really cute. And at first I kind of like told the idea of keeping it myself because I thought it was cute. Um, but I decided to sell it. So. If you want more on that, go back to our other video about 
where we talk where we talk about not hoarding. Right. Um, so there, there's always a difference between a collection and a hoard, is what we put it as. Yeah, and you can always <laughs> keep something if it doesn't sell later on. Right. But anyway, so there are a few things like that, and I've talked on here about how I enjoy um, sort of high-end wine glasses and. I'm, I'm interested in, and I know a little bit about sort of high-end cookware, like that realm, which obviously goes against the sort of keeled over stock niche. So I wouldn't say that I'm just somebody who will pick up anything and everything, because there are things, there have been things that I've seen that I've thought about picking up, but I didn't, because I, I didn't really want to sell it. Right. And I didn't want to get stuck with it. And even if it sold, I just didn't. It wasn't you my interest. Even though it. I th looked at it and thought there could be money in that, you right. know. So I would say I take the niche thing. I, I meet it about halfway. And I think that's probably the best approach to doing that with the niche. Because you want to go in reselling with a healthy approach that you're, you're here to make money. Mm -hmm. But you don't, you don't want to be too broad. I'm a little broader in what I'll be willing to pick up. There are sometimes I'll pick stuff up where if I'm stuck with it at the end of the day, it's just going to Goodwill. Mm. Just because I'd rather not deal with it. And sure, I'll invest a little bit to try to sell something. But if it doesn't sell, to me, I don't have an emotional attachment. Mm. And if I don't think it's cool, it's easier for me to just take a loss on it and give it away. Now, do you have a time limit for that? Um... A few months, okay. like six months depending to, on what to a year, Dep depending on what it is. There are some things, um, for example, um, I went through some of the listings I had for summer clothing, and I got some that I could technically hold on to and sell next year. There were a few of them I just said, eh, Goodwill, and I threw into the Goodwill bin just so I can get it out of my life, and they were things I picked up for cheap. But my point is... Um, when you're picking stuff up that's more broad, not specific to a niche, you want to have that healthy turnover rate mm -hmm. because otherwise you're just going to be stuck with a massive amount of nonsense that you don't want to deal with. <laughs> yeah. We sold, like, I did pick up at a garage sale. No, no, maybe it was an estate sale. Over the summer, early earlier in the summer, mm -hmm. um, a bicycle seat, like a gel cushion bicycle seat, was still on the package, yeah. and I did pick that up to sell, and we did turn it around the same year. So I'm not. There are certain things I don't, I don't know how to explain exactly what I will pick up and what I won't pick up. Um, I don't. Well, some things like I don't love picking up toys. So I was at a Goodwill the other day. And I saw a Barbie plane, mm -hmm. and I thought, like, maybe, you know. And, but I didn't have my phone on me to look it up, and I just was like, I don't... You don't want to do I don't thing. really want to sell a lot of that stuff. And we have some toys, but they tend to be more vintage or, or collectible type yeah. of toys. And, and something like that, where it's a larger piece, you have to deal with the extra expense of shipping it. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know... If it has all of its pieces, it's a lot to factor in when you're picking something up that's out of your range of knowledge, your niche. And it was, you know, probably about this big. Mm -hmm. It was a good size piece because it was an airplane, a Barbie airplane. Um, so now it can stay there. Maybe yeah. some kid comes will come through that will want that, you yeah. know, and then that's fine. And I just, the storage, and I'll be honest, I am the type. And I think my sister is too. 
Overall, we enjoy selling small things. I enjoy selling things that are easy to find a box for, mm -hmm. that are a lot of times lightweight, so we have a lot of what I would call ephemera, um, photographs, mm -hmm. booklets, postcards, things that are small, lightweight, They're easy, easy to, to pick store, up. easy to ship. Yep, and we once in a while, like uh, it's off camera, but you, you tripped over it when you came <laughs> in here. Uh, it's a vintage sled, like metal runner wood sled. I did pick that up. I thought it was cool. I thought if it doesn't sell, I'll use, I can use it for winter decor mm -hmm. on my porch, um, this winter and Christmas. Um, so I made an exception there and I have an idea, especially with FedEx or UPS, what it might ship for. Cause a lot of times if I have a weird large item, I end up shipping it not through the post office because yeah. the post office rates get crazy over a certain size. Mm -hmm. um, Even when you buy the post office rates through eBay shipping, it's it insane can be sometimes. astronomical. Yeah, especially if it's really, really heavy or really awkward mm -hmm. um, size-wise. So there's the occasional thing that I'll pick up that's odd or things that I know for sure have a, a big market. So for instance, um, I've talked before about letterpress type blocks, mm -hmm. like typeset blocks. Um, the drawers that they were stored in, they, so for those of you who don't know, um, typeset, how they used to make newspapers and books and things, um, they're the little blocks. Most of you have probably been familiar with those, but they used to be kept in big cabinets with drawers, with like subdivided drawers. And probably any one of you that has been into an antique or vintage mall has seen a typeset drawer, whether or not you knew what it was or not. Some people like to hang them on their wall with like you know, trinkets in it. I don't know what people do, all kinds of stuff for them probably. But there happens to be a pretty decent market for them. You can sell them for a good bit. And we know this because when we bought the lots of type, mm -hmm. they came in two drawers. And so um, one of them Hannah kept and she traded out a drawer she had. And then we sold both of those and they sell pretty quickly and for a decent amount of money. So if I see a typeset drawer for a good price, I will pick it up. It is a pain in the butt to ship. So annoying. They're long and skinny. Mm. Just annoying to pack, annoying to ship. Yeah. Um, but it's worth doing. Um, but yeah, we like we like small and compact. I, I can't blame you. Most of the things I find myself going and sort pulling out of my collection to be like, yes, I can list some things today are anything I can put in a poly bag or a bubble, bubble mailer and get out of my life because it's easier to deal with than having to measure all the bigger things yeah. <laughs> and figure out, all right, how much do I have to factor for my packaging and extra bubble mat wrap to encase something mm -hmm. to protect it or so on and so forth. Yeah. So. And what's weird about like how we deal with it, like our niche, again, lends to our, I should say niches, because I would say most of our, our things are antique, vintage, mm -hmm. um, collect or a collectible, or they're a decor piece, or kitchenware of some sort. And sometimes the kitchenware will even cross over into the sort of collectible or vintage mm -hmm. realm. Um, but the sort of irony about that is that even though they're small, we do tend to sell a decent amount of breakable things. Like we shipped a pottery like a terracotta bowl out mm. the other day, wine glasses that I've talked about. So it's it's a little funny, but our niche comes with some of those sort of 
Hazards. Hazards, yeah. <laughs> but they're still light and small, and if they're not light, they're still compact. We talked about the shipping mugs mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, I already said that I'm kind of halfway into into the niche and that I sometimes will step, you know, tiptoe out of that to sell something that I really think would sell. Mm-hmm. This also goes for if it's something in my life that I want to get rid of. Yeah. Um, there's some things we're, we're listing pretty soon that we just are going to do a big lot. We just want it gone. So I do sometimes use, we do sometimes use our business site to get rid of things that we just don't want around anymore, which does often mean that you're crossing out. They're cro- I'm cro- yeah, crossing out of what would normally be my realms. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, you feel? You said you're a little bit broader than I am. Because I, I, I'll generally pick something up, even if I don't know exactly how much I'm going to sell it for. Mm-hmm. Because I'm willing to take that gamble, especially that $1 to $2 range where it's like, I know those sell. I can't remember how much. I'll spend a couple bucks at a garage sale and find out, oh, it's only 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. But, you know, I'd be happy turning $2 into 20 But mm-hmm. um, when it comes to what I'm willing to pick up, as long as it's low effort, low cleaning, um, easy to ship, I'm willing to spend a little bit of money to go get it, even if it's outside of what I'm interested in. Like right now, I have a lot of clothing, mm-hmm. and I list, I try to list a decent amount of clothing each week, anywhere from five to 20 pieces. Do you enjoy listing clothing? I don't. Yeah. I, I don't hate love listing it. clothing because no matter what, I take pictures and they don't turn out well. Because, the, at least for where I've got it set up, I wish I had some wood flooring or I've considered even going out to Home Depot and making a faux wood flooring mm-hmm. block. Like a set? Yeah, that I can just lay on my floor and put a t-shirt in and that way it's all nice, flat, and, and straight and I can take my pictures and it will look nice. Instead, right now, I put it in a, on a clothes hanger and I hang it up on the back of the door. You should bring them over and put them on Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> they would look a lot, a lot nicer that way. But I don't enjoy listing clothing Mm -hmm. because I'm not interested in clothing. Mm -hmm. But because I'm not interested in it, I have no emotional attachment to it. And I feel it's easy for me to sell. Mm -hmm. Because if I list it, and let's say I list it for $15 plus plus shipping, and somebody else comes along and goes, I want it, but I'm only willing to offer $10, I find... It's so easy to just go, okay, and I hit accept because I got the shirt for $2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sure, I'm undercutting myself because I could counter at 12 but I'm willing to just take the offer to get out of my life mm-hmm. just because I have absolutely no attachment to it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I enjoy selling clothing. It's easy for me to go ahead and just get rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's fair. And... As but there's to, a million other things you could be selling, too. They, there are. There are. That might be more enjoyable to list. But the problem is, especially, um, so when I first decided I'm going to do reselling myself, I was 17 or 18, and I was only looking for things I was interested in. I would go out, and I'm like, I'm looking for video game stuff or other collectibles, and I was not making hardly any money. Were you keeping up? No, no. I, I was 
selling it. Okay. But I was only looking for the things I was interested in. Oh, so you were in. bypassing. So I was a bypassing. Yes, yes. So much money that I could have actually turned into a business mm-hmm. that I left behind because I was only looking for the things I was interested in. And when I was so niche that I would only pick up the things I thought were cool, I was making no money. Yeah, that's fair. As opposed to you broaden your horizons a bit. You take a few gambles of, I don't know much about fishing reels, but this looks like a decent fishing reel. I'm going to pay a dollar for it, go home, do some research. Doing the steps like that and expanding your base knowledge, because I don't need to have a ton of knowledge to know this is the X23 QR7 fishing reel that sells for 600 No. I'm willing to do a little bit of research on my own time to go, that's a $20 sale or a $30 sale. Just because I know those consistent sales will make my bread and butter so that way when I find the things I'm really interested in, I can go, oh, that's a good deal and I'll buy it and I'm happy that I picked it up. But I'm still funding my business with the things I don't care about. If that makes sense. It does. (laughs) So I guess... The question of the hour, um, or 20 or 30 minutes, as it were, um, to niche or not to niche? If, if, a new, if somebody came up to you and said, I'm interested in the prospect of reselling, mm-hmm. do I pick a niche? How important, uh, I, okay, I didn't phrase that well, but if, if somebody came up to you and they yeah. were new, how important is niching down in resale? As a new reseller? Your niche, if you are going to niche down, I would say choose three. Mm -hmm. Pick three specific things. One that you probably think is really fun. One that you already know a lot about. Mm -hmm. Whether that's something that's related to your work or just because you already enjoy it as a hobby. And then choose one that you're willing to learn about and willing to have. Mm -hmm. Willing to invest money and time into that. If you don't sell it, you're not hurt by taking it as a loss. Mm -hmm. If you choose at least three, expand every once in a while when you're like, oh, wow, that's a a good deal. You'll have enough broad horizons that you're going to make profit. And I would say we're proud. Keeled Overstock is probably in that sort of Mm -hmm. realm. I mean, you've seen a lot of the stuff that we have sitting around here to sell, and it, it falls within... A few different categories the majority of the time yeah um so you're very broad i would think you're a, almost a niche but or unniched non-niched <laughs> whatever whatever you think it is yeah. put it in the comments below what do you think niche unniched or non-niched um but do you have any niche would is there something in particular that you you do specialize in um as sad as it is to say magic the gathering <laughs> just one specific card game I will if I found it at a garage sale I'm probably going to haggle to get it even if I don't know what's in it mm-hmm. just because it's a hobby I've been playing for so long and some of the things I would just know based off site what it's worth but and as weird as it as, as weird as it is to say I actually haven't sold 
any on eBay. Oh, really? <laughs> no, because I find um, there's other specific sites that are better for it. Yeah, you do more, and we will cover this probably in a later mm -hmm. episode. I currently, uh, my sister and I, I should say, primarily are on eBay. Mm -hmm. um, we do have an Etsy account we're planning on beefing up pretty soon. Etsy is a little bit of a different game, and we are more selective on what we will put on, on Etsy. So when I talk about us having a few niches that we sort of work within, but we will go outside of that, the outside of that stuff is less likely to show up on Etsy. Because Etsy is good for the vintage sort of... I should say the vintage and more aesthetic things. Mm -hmm. People go there looking for um, vintage homewares and decor items and things that are cute and attractive. And the cottage core that you're yeah cottage core or these various different aesthetics. And people on eBay are much much broader. There mm -hmm. are people on there looking for practical items. There are people on there looking for collectibles. Yeah, a anything under the sun. Is on eBay. Yeah. It's like the Amazon of the secondhand world. That's basically what it is. So we have so just just today we sold a pair of smart wool liner gloves, and that is not within our usual realm. But I had picked them up at the bins. My husband didn't want them. They look great, like new, basically almost. And so we sold that, but we also sold like a vintage book mm -hmm. and um, a video game that my husband was um, having us sell for him. So I don't, but like the, the gloves would never have made it onto Etsy. Right. And the video game would never have made it onto Etsy. That is a specifically an eBay thing. So I'm much broader with my eBay store. Um, but these are the two primary places where I sell. Once in a while, I'll have a one-off on Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. And that's about... I have done Poshmark in the past for clothes, for my clothes, but I'm not, as we talked about, I'm not really super in love with a lot of clothes. I have some vintage, like, slips and, and nightwear and things that I picked up at an estate sale because I did think those would be of value. Um, and I know there are a lot of people who wear vintage that might want those sort of underpinnings. Um, but I wouldn't pick up unless it's like a cool concert tee or something which i have i have gotten a cool band tee before i'm not inclined to just pick up random clothes yeah um as much so talk a little bit more about the other platforms because i know you do more than i do so i've sold facebook um you do that regularly right i, I try to list at least a couple things a month on facebook marketplace um and I, are these large items or generally it'll be large items or big ticket items that I can sell for a decent amount of cash, such as electronics, um, where I could sell it on eBay, but then I have to also deal with shipping it. Yeah. And I can rather, I'd rather give somebody a better deal to get cash on Facebook or, um, there's Mercari, which I've sold on before. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everybody. Mm. It's decent uh, if you wanted to start reselling because it's very user-friendly and very easy to list and, and learn how to list on there. But um, a couple of other niche websites, but that's about it. Okay. So... Do you, we, sell, we will, so you, do you sell different things on you sell different things on different sites, right? Uh, yeah, a little, um, bit. a little bit. Like Mercari, 
I'll list things that are going to be $10 and under on eBay. Mm-hmm. Just because on Mercari, you're expected to pay the shipping if you're buying. So I'll take something that's worth $10 on eBay, free shipping. I'd rather sell it for like $7 and the customer pays the shipping. Mm-hmm. Just because it's expected, they're going to pay the shipping anyway. Mercari takes more fees, so I'm earning less. But it's actually going to sell versus if I listed it for five plus shipping on eBay, nobody's going to want to buy it. So low value items. Yeah, low value items that are easy to get rid of just because I don't want to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But that's, we'll get into Mercari in a different video. Yeah, we'll have a topic. (laughs) I think we'll have a video on on different options for, for listing. And it will depend on what you want to sell, like I said, po- sites like Poshmark and, mm-hmm. and things, I think there's a couple other ones, are better for clothes, mm-hmm. even though clothes can sell on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard other like big vintage shoppers I follow, or vintage or thrift thrift style kind of shoppers, um, I follow a couple of other um, Instagrammers or YouTubers that do say they thrift from eBay. So it's not impossible, but there are some that are more their niche themselves. Yeah. Um, and so they're good for those kinds of things. But we will cover that later. Um, was there anything else in particular you want to talk about? Oh, you, I was going to say, your magic. So where do you... You said you don't sell on eBay usually. No. Um, I sell on a specific website called Cardsphere. Okay. So it is a niche website. Yeah. Yeah. It's a built website just for okay. magic content. But you've still had good luck with this. Oh, yeah. I, I was... Back when I didn't have a job during COVID... I was making several hundred dollars a month just selling cards on there. So nice. So look out for niche websites too, especially if you have specialty items. Yeah. And I think that's true for some collectibles as well. I think mm-hmm. if you if somebody had like a coin collection they were going to sell or something, eBay may or may not be the best best place for that. And so it pays to do your research too, um, especially if you're not selling a generic item. Yeah. And generally most people who are already invested in a hobby or a collectible, such as coins, they already know what websites to look out for. Yeah. But let's say you purchased a, an entire collection or were gifted one. You want to do your research. Don't just always follow for the generic that you can easily sell because you might be undervaluing yourself. Mm-hmm. Especially that, if you don't but, know anything. Yeah, but that all goes it. back to how much time do you want to invest into it. And we'll talk about research <laughs> in another episode. We've got that brewing too. Yes. Um, I think it's a really good topic. Sometimes it's worth doing a little more research, and sometimes it's better to just do a little and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you have anything else to say about niches? So you would recommend a minimum of niches for a new, a few different niches. Yeah, it, I'd say reseller. as a new reseller, stick with at least three. If you wanted to go a little broader, do what's comfortable for you. But don't go lower than three, just for the fact that you're going to be cutting out so much stuff that you could be sourcing and making money with. And I think I want when we say niche, I'd like to like pick that apart a little bit. So when I say if you hear something like vintage, that is a very broad category. Now, if you said I sell vintage mid-century modern decor, that is a very tight niche mm-hmm. and a very tight niche like that. And I, I will say, I think there are situations where a tight niche like that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a second. But when you think about niches, um, you could say, I sell mid-century. You could sell mid-century decor. 
housewares, furniture. Like, you might have a category that you pick, Mm -hmm. and then there are subcategories underneath it, which would be the actual, like, niches, I think. So, I think it's just a matter of not getting down to the very... Nitty-gritty. Nitty-gritty niches. Yeah. Yeah. And have a broader category. Maybe think of it in terms of categories Mm -hmm. instead of tight niches. Yeah. Um, When I do think... Ooh, we had a light freak out there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When we we do talk about... um, having a really tight niche, which I think is good for a certain, certain platforms. We talked about this card mm-hmm. sphere. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That obviously you're going to list niche items on there. Places like Etsy where the categories, the expectations of the customer mm-hmm. um, are different and they're looking for more specific items. That makes sense. And I think if you're going to have an independent website, I think having a tailored independent website, Oh, we have, Vintage housewares, or oh, we have whatever specific you know, jewelry, specific or... jewelry site, or clothes, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that you might stylize that to gain a specific audience. Yeah. But when you're talking eBay, more is better, but yeah. not too many. So my advice would be pick a few things, like he said, but be open to the op- opportunity of other things too. Yeah, and just because ninety nine percent of your site your eBay store is these things over here. doesn't mean that once in a while you can't throw something something up there that's, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you if you're mainly selling shoes, boots, coats, and books. And then you find, oh, wow, I got a great deal on this laptop. And then you throw that up there too. Yeah, because I think eBay doesn't reward you for having a niche the same way that some other sites do. I don't think so. Not from what I've seen. However, we could be wrong. So. Yeah, if you know about that, I would like to learn more about it too. Because, again, disclaimer, I've only been doing this since about April. Um, seriously. And I do think where you might run into an issue is with subscribers. Because I do have some people that follow my mm-hmm. channel. So, or my channel, but my eBay store, I guess eBay is what store, it is. Yeah. Um, and I think if you get start getting a lot of subscribers and you had... like a certain type of thing that you tend to post and then all of a sudden you switch to something random and you are not still posting that you might then have a problem yeah but other than that i've not really seen any 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 benefit to niching on on ebay in particular but i would love to hear your feedback on that um what have you guys seen are there sites that you think benefit more from niching down versus being more broad um i'd be interested to hear Yeah, so please give us your thoughts down in the comments about anything you've seen in this video. And thanks for coming by, watching. Be sure to like, subscribe, and if you have any other questions, please leave them down in the comments. We'll be glad to help you. Yep, we'll be back next week with another rousing round of tips, tricks, and thrift flips. Until next time. Peace out. See ya.